Buenos dias. Yo soy Richard Costello. I'm taking over the mic again as we're off on another adventure. And if you couldn't tell from the jingle, this time we're heading to Colombia. A bucket list destination for many cyclists and a place I've been keen to explore ever since watching Lachlan Morton's Alt Tour about three years ago. Steve Savage had also been planning a trip to Colombia for his 40th, but COVID scuppered those plans and the idea has kind of been circling ever since. I've never been to South America before and so planning a trip like this can feel a bit overwhelming. And unless you're prepared to pay up and join a fully supported tour group, it's tough to know how to go about it. I'd been intrigued by the Trans Cordilleras gravel race, but after doing some research, I kind of felt it might be a little too gruelling, especially since I only rode my gravel bike three times last year. It was on one of those rides that the idea for this trip came about. Steve, Mike, Danielli and I rode the Grasslands Loop in the Merritt Kamloops area back in September. On these long days of slow riding, you have plenty of time to chat. The subject of Columbia came up and Danielli mentioned he had this crazy road loop saved in his Strava routes for the past four years, ever since he pieced it together following some guy on Instagram. So a couple of months pass and the mind wanders to planning the next adventure and I grew determined to make a Columbia trip happen. I messaged the lads in the Steed group to see who might be keen. Steve was quick to respond to say he's in but the rest of the guys who came to France couldn't commit, so the outreach continued. Danielli had plans to go back home to Italy around Christmas and didn't think he could get time off from his studies, so I sent him a barrage of videos about cycling in coffee country and after a few weeks he replied to say that he thinks he can make it work. Danielli was a key player, is a key player. We needed him and more importantly, we needed his route. Like the treasure map in the Goonies, this would form the outline of our adventure. Starting out in Bogota, the route takes us northwest over the famous Alto de Letras climb to Medellin. From there we head south before riding east back to Bogota. Breaking the route up over nine days, we'll ride over 1,100 kilometers with over 24,000 metres of elevation. With this rough plan, it didn't take long to recruit a few more guys, and from there we had the numbers. We'd met the threshold to create a new WhatsApp, Columbia Dreaming group chat. In this chat, we now had our friend from Penticton, Marty Heck, Steve's best mate from way back, Kevin Nemethy, Danielle's adventure pal, Zach Michaels, and the real bikepacking OG, DJ, Dave Johnson. Dave and Steve had been to Columbia before, but neither had been on these roads, and we felt it would be important to get some local input. We wanted vehicle support to transport our bags, but weren't really looking for the full VIP experience. And this is where I discovered a company called Tingua Hidden Journeys from reading a bikepacking.com article. The author suggested they were a great resource to verify gravel route plans and assist bikepackers with trip logistics. I fired off an email to Hidden Journeys and promptly heard back from Atenea, who got to work on providing a quote for vehicle support while also connecting us with a cycling advisor 
Omar Rubiano. We arranged two one-hour video calls with Omar, where he gave his advice and suggestions for each stage and helped tweak the route based on which roads to avoid, places to check out, towns to stop at, and other super helpful stuff. This trip likely wouldn't be happening without Atenea and Omar at Hidden Journeys. I don't think I would have been confident enough to attempt the route unsupported, and they provided the reassurance that I and most of the guys were looking for. Part of the reason for recording this podcast, in addition to capturing an audio journey of what I hope will be a trip of a lifetime, is also to help anyone else out there who would like to do something similar. So now that I've set the scene, I thought I'd introduce you to Atenea and Omar, so you know who to contact to help plan your trip. So Atania and Omar, thanks for taking the time to, to chat. Atania, we, we've only been in touch over emails, so it's great to meet and, and see you on, on the video. It would be really nice, actually, before we kind of get into the details, just to hear a bit more about, about you and, and your story, if you wouldn't mind sharing. Yeah, sure, Rick. Thank you. And it's really nice to see you too and to meet you through here. Uh, we were just commenting on how different... Um, the weather seems there where you are and where we are. Actually, Bogota is not usually as as hot as it is right now. I don't know if you can see, but Omar and I are like with our cheeks all red because we are not used to this climate at all. We are at, at like, I don't know, 25 degrees Celsius. Uh, usually Bogota is more about 18, 15. Right now it's almost 5 p.m. So it should be getting towards, yeah, 15, 10 degrees. So it's really weird. It's both El Niño, which is always happens every two or three years. It, the city gets a lot warmer, but climate change as well. Um, so yeah, you'll be coming to a very warm uh, Bogota and you will be having a very warm trip, which will be a nice, um, you know, a nice time to rest from the winter, the long winter you have in Canada. <laughs> We've actually had a mild winter. And then just last week we had a well, we had we had some cold weather, really cold weather, and then last night we had a big snowstorm. So, um, we, we've actually been able to get out on some rides, which, which has been good. But obviously, not this week, and probably not before we go. Um, but anyway, that that's okay. And so, Atania, you're from Bogota originally. Is is that? Yeah. Sorry, I changed the subject. Yeah, I am from Bogota. I was born and raised here. I have lived abroad uh, for my studies. I studied, you know, I did part of my um, bachelor's in France and I did my master's in Singapore. And then after my master's, when I came back to Colombia, I started working in the Ministry of Culture, more in conservation projects for cultural heritage and environmental conservation as well. And in both these areas, tourism is seen as this like huge potential for both uh, the benefit of sustainability but also the harm of what happens with you know touristification and mass tourism and things like that so I started you know my career started taking me towards uh, sustainable tourism and my husband who started cycling more and more and more and now he's like an ultra cycling champion 
uh, alongside with Omar, who is here with us. Um, he told me, like, you know, I think we do have, like in Colombia, there is an opportunity for a different type of cycling tourism that can be related to what you are trying to do um, from the cultural heritage and environmental conservation side. And well, it all came together and I started working in this like uh, kind of sometimes strange for a lot of people who work in more mainstream tourism uh, type of activities. So how, how did the idea for Hidden Journeys come about? Was it your, your idea? Is it your company? Yeah, it is uh, my company with my husband. Then we brought in a friend who helps me a lot with um, like, you know, strategy and just keeping a mind. She lives in Montreal right now, actually. And then uh, Omar started working with us as a cycling advisor. So we invited, to, invited him to join the team as well. And that was five years ago. So we started just as a bike rental company because Julian, my husband, went to Europe and saw, you know, how self-guided cycling companies worked. Um, so we like were looking for that, you know, how to provide services to self-guided travelers. We started just with bike rental. And then, uh, you know, we realized what bike packers needed. So assessment calls to check on the routes, uh, to check on what equipment to bring and what not to bring. Uh, we started working more and more with local communities and they started telling us as well what they were expecting from a cyclist and what they didn't want from a cyclist as well. So, you know, a lot of people telling us we don't want people to, who bring all their camping gear and their food because, you know, they don't leave anything to the community. So part of our assessment calls, um, Part of what we do in the assessment calls is also telling people how to be a better traveler and how to be someone who really um, brings something to the place that they are visiting uh, more than just, you know, taking the experience for them and that's it. So that's how we were born, you know, just bike rental and then we started growing, growing, growing and now we're looking at, you know, what other type of self-guided travelers we can um, we can offer services to. So I think this year we're looking at some self-guided hiking. And yeah, that's what we do. I also work as a freelance consultant. So for like these conservation projects that are looking at tourism as a sustainability strategy, I also work like for them as an independent consultant. Okay, no, fantastic. Well, you kind of answered my next question, which is about like the different services that, that you provide. It seems quite quite bespoke based on based on the, the client and the, the inquiry. Yes, definitely. Yeah, like if you are just, as you mentioned, if someone's looking for a VIP services, there are many agencies that offer full support packages. Like if someone wants to do letras, there are very beautiful packages from you know, companies that really specialize in that. Um, we wanted to complete the other part uh, for people who weren't looking for uh, so many things and just looking for very specific uh, services to complete their experiences. You seem very passionate about promoting Colombia as a destination for people to come and explore. Like, where do you find that this motivation comes from? Well, you know, I think Colombia has a hard history most of our grandparents um, were displaced in some way or another by different you know, moments of the internal conflict that Colombia has lived for years. 
So I think in my family, it has always been very important to see how we can, you know, start working towards a place that has opportunities for everyone, and especially for the rural uh, areas, especially for the farmers. Um, so that's why I, you know, I became so so fond of looking at other ways of of creating opportunities. Um, you are going to do our road cycling trip, so you won't be uh, in places that are as remote as some of the other places that um, we go to in um, more like off-road cycling and gravel cycling. But still, you will see that because of our geography, there are some places that are very remote from big cities. Like it's very hard to get there. So if you live there, if you're, you know, your land is there, sometimes the only opportunity you have is going to the city. And, you know, my family has been um, always looking for ways to come out of the city, you know, to go back to the countryside. Uh, but it's not easy for several reasons. I mean, the, the city has its own benefits. So I think um, part of my passion with tourism is that it is a way of really uh, creating opportunities for people who don't want to live uh, in the big cities and who don't have who shouldn't have to because they have everything where they live now you did mention how you came to meet omar it was through through your husband um but yeah may, maybe t tell us about the first time you met omar how did he appear in your life well we actually met in the climbing community because we like both of us and my husband as well, we used to climb to do some rock climbing. And I remember actually the first time I met Omar, we went, we went in a rock climbing trip in like in the area where he's from. And my husband had met Omar for years and he had no idea that Omar wasn't from Bogota, but from Bucaramanga. And you know, it just, I don't know why sometimes men don't have this type of conversations that for me are so basic, like, where were you born? Like, what do you do? What's your family like? I don't know. Uh, so yeah, basically, I think I met, the first day I met Omar, I knew much more about him than my <laughs> husband did. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, Omar, you've been, you've been sitting there patiently, quietly. Um, tell us about yourself. What, what, what's your background? How did, you, how did you become a cycling consultant? Um, so yeah, thank you, Rick, for for the invitation. And uh, I think that I'm the opposite as Atenea. I'm more involved in the sports world as a coach, and uh, that's why I, like six or seven years ago, I I I had my first ride on on a bike, and actually was with Julian. And uh was really fun, but was really tough. Julian used to live in the outsides of the city. And uh, he said, like, okay, we should go for a short ride around my place. So I said yes. And uh, yeah, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, it was really tough. And my bike wasn't worked for that difficult of gravel that we did on uh, by then. But at the end of the day, when, when we finished and we back home, was was really nice. Um, I think that that was my first experience as a cyclist. And, uh, and then Atenea asked me uh, if, I want to, if I want to join them as a, as a guide. And um, 
our our first uh, client as I had to guide I didn't remember when was it but it, it was pretty fun and uh, I love to do that you know because um, I'm, I'm a really patient person so I know how hard it is to come here to Colombia to ride bikes especially from someone who lives for example at the sea level come here at 2600 meters of elevation is really tough and uh, and uh, yeah most important for me is that the people and or person who came here has a great experience even if it's just a couple hours riding around Bogota that we have really really beautiful spots around here or if it's a long tour or of five or six days whatever it is uh, the most important for us and especially for me is that the people feel comfortable and feel good with the with the ride we had two hours with you two two separate calls and we went through we discussed our our route that that we had planned and um i have to say like your energy and enthusiasm excitement for what for what we were about to do was really was really kind of encouraging and infectious and so um yeah th thank you for that it was it was definitely a a great a great call and it was super helpful um so what what do you think of the route that that we have planned about the trip that we're about to to take on omar it's as i said it it's it's beautiful and for me uh discover this country by bike is the most beautiful way to do it you know because you can stop wherever you want you can you can talk about the the place where where you are some people um, try to communicate with you even if they, they don't speak English or whatever the language is so that's really beautiful you know when you arrive to a little town and the people doesn't speak the language and are people are really helpful you know that's that's really awesome mm -hmm. and when when you show me what you want to do and, and the days that you want to spend here in Colombia and the things that you want to do I said Dude, this is this is incredible, and uh, and uh, you you have the the thing in. Um, Atenea said, you will not be in the middle of nowhere, so you have many many things that that by time is really is really really good. You know, when when you're road cycling here, when you're doing road cycling here is is really awesome because you have many many things uh, on your side that is time and uh, you feel the speed and you feel comfortable when you're changing the weather between one region to other um, that's that's a really really good thing because when you're doing for example gravel ridings and uh, you are making for example one transition to the mountain range to other is really tough you know when you're doing this on by road cycling, you you barely feel it. So that's really, really, really awesome. What do you think will be the the toughest day that we will encounter? <laughs> I mean, it depends on a lot of factors and weather included. But yeah, what do you predict? Um, I think Letras for sure will be. I, I would love to be there to to see you guys <laughs> how it goes, because definitely is the is the like people came here just for climb that mountain 
you know, is the longest line in the world. And uh, you start really low and finish in the Paramo altitude that is over 3,000 meters. So basically you cross the whole uh, ecosystems that we have here, that we have here in, in Colombia. So that will yeah. be the toughest day, but I think that La Linea will be challenging because uh, the part where that you will do of La Linea is the toughest because it's the steepest one, even if it's shorter, but it's the steepest, it's the steepest one. Has a really, really steep switchbacks. And uh, you came, you arrived there with a few days of cycling. So yeah, I think that the toughest and beautiful will be Letras and the toughest for sure will be La Linea. So we've just got over a week until we leave. Atenea, any final words of advice for us? Anything we should be thinking about? Well, I used to give <laughs> this recommendation all the time, but then um, one of my business partners told me she didn't like when I said that because she thought it was disgusting. But make sure you are very well hydrated before coming. Like people who do mountaineering mm -hmm. usually check if their pee is almost transparent to make sure that they are that well hydrated. And I do recommend that because altitude, um, you know, acclimating to the altitude in Bogota is not easy when you're not coming from a high altitude uh, place. And good hydration is key. And especially because on the first, like first you're coming to a high altitude place, which is Bogota. Then you're going all the way down to almost zero meters in altitude. And that can give you a heat shock if you're not well hydrated. So hydration is key. Like from the week before, start super hydrating. Okay. And then don't forget hydration during um, your rides and, one, and after and, you know, during the days that you're here in Bogota. A lot of people that come to Colombia say that they weren't expecting um, Colombian people to be so warm and welcoming. And they, you know, just regular people go out of their way to help you if they see that you need some, something or to tell you, you know, uh, what they think is the best thing of their town, of their land. Even if, you know, they're speaking Spanish and you are not understanding a word of it, like people will try to come forward and you know just enjoy those moments of interaction and try to make uh, the best out of it even if you're not understanding a word because that will be i mean i think that's also a great part of of being a gringo in colombia if they tell you gringo don't feel like you know you, uh, it's an offense because it's not they just say gringo to any foreigner that doesn't speak spanish I promise I did say goodbye to them both, but the recording stopped, uh, so I cut that out. But I hope you found that of interest. How nice are they? Even if they did both call me Rick. Oh, I wasn't sure how long we'd be chatting, and I actually thought I'd include that conversation as an intro to the audio diaries. But it feels like a good place to stop for now. Let's call this Columbia Dreaming Part 1. I'll start recording again when we hit the road, and all being well, I'll have Part 2 ready to go by mid-Feb. If you're interested in following our journey, I'll include our Strava profiles in the episode description. And please let us know if you have any questions or recommendations while we're out there. In the meantime, I've got some packing to do. Hasta luego.